The ramifications of what have happened when they've left faith are really daunting to think about. And so when a young person leaves faith, a lot of the reason why they leave faith is because they feel like if they've been taught a works-based understanding of the gospel, students tend to uh, not transition their faith as, as well as young people who have a grace-based understanding of the gospel. And so when they do something like have a moral failure, uh, and like it's like we say when they have a moral failure, not if they have a moral failure, because young people are going to do things that are dumb, right, or sinful or whatever. If they have a works-based understanding of the gospel, they're going to feel so much shame. We're finding that they often feel like the church isn't the place to address these things and to find healing. Today we have an interview with Matthew DePrez, who is from the Fuller Youth Institute. He is a church engagement specialist. I'm Jeff Eckert. I'm Jason Brewer. And this is The Thought Factory. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org. So thank you again for jumping into this episode with us. Hit subscribe. Whenever you go to iTunes or Spotify or you can find us on YouTube, hit subscribe. Yeah. Hang with us. We love having you join us. We're always grateful for all the listeners out there that you're tracking with us, following us. And we've mentioned this before, but a lot of the research that we pull our content from is available for you for free if you want it. It's called the Adolescence in the Church Trend Report. It's a survey. It's a study done on thousands of students from across the country that are connected to local churches, so things they believe, things about their behavior, and then cross-reference with adults and what they think students are believing, and we compare and contrast those. It is a fascinating report, so I highly recommend you guys getting your free copy of this trend report. And it's a real, it's in a really nice presented format. I think it's about 20 pages. Is that right? Yep. Just under 20. So never the same.org slash podcast. If you go there, you can get that for free. We want to encourage you to use that as a resource because if you're like us, we always want to be up to date and current about student trends, behavior, beliefs, what they're thinking. We're hearing directly from them. So check that out. And again, if you um, weren't with us last time, we had a really great episode last time. Jason, talk about that for a second. Last episode was our anniversary episode. It was recorded on the ninth anniversary of When Never the Same started, which you started nine years ago. So we just went through nine seismic changes that has happened in the nine years since this organization has started. All those changes in youth ministry specifically. That was really one of our longer episodes. We talked about these nine things, and we talked about how when you're around like kids every day, you see them grow up, but you don't notice the changes until you look back at pictures. It was kind of looking back through time a little bit and seeing how youth ministry has changed in some pretty drastic areas. So check that out. Next episode is going to be something we've never really done before. This would be really interesting. So Jason and I have been involved in local church youth ministry for many years. We're going to be each talking with former students of ours that have walked away from their faith. We are currently in a series where we are looking at students walking away from their faith, defending their faith, reasons why they're walking away, the skepticism of their faith, all within spiritual growth and depth. Jeff and I, we talked about what would it look like, what would it sound like, what would it be like if we interviewed former students of each of our youth ministries that were highly involved and once they graduated, they walked away completely. And so we have we have those interviews for you, and you don't want to miss them. These are students that were very, very involved. So if you're involved in youth ministry and you have been maybe for any amount of time, you probably can relate. You might even be thinking of someone right now who was involved in your youth group at your church. 
and now they're not only not maybe in church, but they're, they've just walked away from faith. So we have a really open, honest, pretty raw conversation with them. And yeah, we're excited to, to share that with you because we think we learned a lot from it. We think you will as well. So that's coming up in our next episode, and we're excited about that. And today we have an interview with Matthew DePrez, who is from the Fuller Youth Institute. He is a church engagement specialist. That's and a big fancy title. Fancy title, but he knows and he has very close relations to uh, people that are are looking at students' faith and the reasons why they're walking away. And, and so we wanted to talk to him and get his perspective and expertise. All right, Matthew, great to have you with us. You're such a dear friend. This is a lot of fun. Um, I think we should just come out and say that you work for the Fuller Youth Institute. Uh, you and I have known each other for, man, what's it been, 15 years or so? Something like that? Probably about 15 years, yeah. And in the last couple of those years, you have worked about five feet from me. Right outside your door. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like a little puppy dog. I just kind of follow you everywhere I go. And, uh, but and, yeah. And yet, where are you right now as you're recording this? <laughs> Ironically, I'm not in the office with you guys. I'm in Chicago right now. Uh, so we're doing this interview remote of all the days, of all the times. That's so funny. Um, so we're this on is, the other this side. This is the day we chose. That's right. We're on the other side of the pond. It would have been so convenient for you to just follow us into our <laughs> studio, but instead I know. decided to drive I know. away. The amount of times I've just turned around and said, hey, Jeff, can I talk to you for a second? Because I'm like staring right at you. <laughs> we can't do that right now. Uh, yeah, not in this moment. Uh, it's so funny, but it's awesome, man. You're uh, obviously a dear friend and you've got so much to offer in this conversation. And for the last few weeks in this podcast, and then even the next couple of weeks after in the episodes, we're just talking about the sign of the times in youth ministry. And one of the things, one of the themes that keeps coming up that we're going to talk about with you is, is students walking away from church in the faith. So let's just start a little bit with you, who you are. Tell us about your background in youth ministry and what you're doing now. It's so good to be on here, by the way. We are good friends, and it has been. I've been so grateful for you over the years, You both of you guys. It's been awesome. So Background for me is I uh, became a Christian at 18, immediately felt called to go into ministry. So I went to Bethany Bible College in Sussex, New Brunswick. Uh, at the time, it was called Bethany Bible College. Now it's called Kingswood University. Uh, so I did that and then immediately got a job in youth ministry at a, a smaller church in southern Michigan and then uh, and then ended up moving to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and then worked at a church called Frontline Community Church on the northeast side of Grand Rapids for um, quite a while. It was right around nine years or so. And it was just an unbelievable experience to be able to work at that at Frontline. I'm so grateful for that time. And uh, so I did student ministry, and then I oversaw uh, what we call the intergenerational department. Uh, I oversaw that, which included children's ministry, student ministry, adult discipleship, kind of from a womb to tomb age range in the church. So if you learned about Jesus in a programmatic context, I oversaw that. And then uh, helped launch a campus at, at our church. And then uh, ever since I did that for, it's almost been two years, uh, ever since I moved into uh, the office with you guys at NGS headquarters, I have worked for the Fuller Youth Institute, uh, which is a research organization that turns research into resources for the church that we hope build relationships with young people uh, in the church, with connecting young people into the church. And so what we do is we have a very specific niche. We do research with 15 to 29-year-olds in the church. And, uh, and so while we do research with just 15 to 29-year-olds, oftentimes it, the implications kind of spread into children's ministry, spreads into volunteering, it spreads into 
things that surround uh, senior adults, uh, senior citizens in the church. We find that that research on an age-specific category has all sorts of ramifications all over the uh, church at large. So I'm the church engagement specialist. I work with churches. I work with leaders, resourcing, equipping churches. Uh, I work with denominations um, and lead our trainings uh, at the Fuller Youth Institute. So that's a little bit about what I do. The reason we have you on the podcast is not because you are a friend of ours or that you are conveniently outside of our office doors, obviously, because (laughs) we've had you call in. But because you work at the Fuller Youth Institute and your close connection to the research in this age range, and for those who have worked in youth ministry, are around students, and hear numbers in regards to the stats of students leaving the church, leaving the faith, they're across the board. It seems pretty high. It can be encouraging, discouraging, all these different numbers. I'm asking you, what are the real stats that you have found? What are the real numbers on students leaving the church, leaving the faith? Yeah, there's all sorts of numbers out there. And some of the numbers that have been used in the church for a long time, they're not based out of maybe science or research. Uh, They're based more out of just asking a group of people in a room, like, what do you think that number is of people leaving the church? And so, so there's a lot of alarming statistics, so I think from people who are alarmists on people leaving the church. And at the same time, the numbers are pretty scary. Uh, we feel like the best numbers are that about 50% of young people who are in the church, growing up in the church, those who identify as followers of Jesus, about 50% of those young people uh, will drift from faith within about 18 months of leaving for college. And so we specifically did research on young people who went to college, not necessarily those who went directly in the workforce or the military or anything like that. Um, we we looked at young people who were going straight into college and about 50% drifted. Here's a real stat. Out of the 50% who left faith, four out of five of those students actually intended to stick with faith. Uh, so 80% of those students actually intended to stick, which is a whole other question. So a lot of people are saying they'll put the onus or the ownership on the young person for leaving. And they'll say, you know, you left the church or, um, you know, almost like blaming them. And what that statistic tells me is that 80% of the 50% who left intended to stick actually tells me maybe it's not about the young person and their desire to leave. It's more about how we're equipping our young people with faith that lasts beyond high school. And maybe for us, we as leaders kind of need to raise our hands and say, uh, maybe this is actually on us. Maybe for parents, parents need to kind of say, we've not equipped our young people with faith to go beyond high school. And so the last stat I'll share is this, is that we did some additional research with one of our projects called Sticky Faith. And we found that one in seven of our students felt equipped with faith beyond high school. So about 15% felt equipped with a faith that would stick um, after they graduated from high school. All right, talk to us about the difference between students leaving faith and leaving the church, because those are obviously two big separations and issues. What are you guys seeing? What are you learning? What are you catching? That's a really good question, because I think we equate leaving faith with no longer attending a weekend service at a church. And one of the things that we did when we looked at the 50%, so when we said 50% will drift from faith within 18 months, we didn't just say, Well, if they stop attending a church service, then we'll say we drifted, they drifted from faith. We actually looked at three different areas and the three different areas were external behaviors, internal attitudes, and whether or not they felt like their faith was in process or it had stalled or even some ways maybe even regressed. And so we kind of looked at that combination of those three things to get to that 50% number, because what we're finding is that a lot of young people might have faith and they are spiritually curious, but don't want to be associated with a church that they might feel is hypocritical. 
And hear me on this. I believe that the church is the hope of the future. I love the church. We love the capital C church, the Fuller Youth Institute. But at the same time, we kind of just need to acknowledge that the church has done harm over the years, right? I mean, I think we can all acknowledge this. And so we wanted to say, what are these three areas telling us? And are young people actually still growing in their faith, even though they might not attend a church service, or maybe they're not reading the Bible as often as they used to from an external behavior point of view, because maybe their internal attitudes have shifted, or maybe their internal attitudes have shifted and it's actually repelled them from faith or pushed them away from their faith, right? And so the one thing that I would say that's big is the in-process idea that faith is such a journey. And it's not just this moment in time that happens where you accept Christ. And there are moments in our lives that lead to momentum in our faith, but moments in and of themselves are not necessarily what dictate uh, whether or whether or not our faith is in process, right? So there are a lot of young people who either they have an in-process faith, but maybe they're not attending a church, or maybe they're attending church, but their faith has actually stalled, and they're attending church because they're just told they should attend church, and they're scared to stop attending church, and they don't know what to do. So those are some of the differences or some of the unique nuances, but the most important thing to say is that young people are as spiritually curious as ever before, and so while they might not attend weekend services as often, they're still spiritually curious. Amongst all the research that you guys are doing, as well as having the conversations with various church leaders, what is the main reason why students are walking away from their faith? What is that one reason that you have found? You know, we didn't find like a silver bullet where we, where we, where we said, if you fix this problem, then you'll get this result 100% of the time. But uh, a few of the reasons why I think young people are walking away from the faith are that I think the church has a tendency to view programs over relationships and young people are really desiring to have relationships and are instead feeling like they just need to attend a program. Um, and one of the MOs in my life is that programs seldom change people. People often change people. And so we often assume that sitting our bottoms in a seat during a program is what's going to lead to faith maturity. And young people are kind of sniffing that out really quick and saying, nah, I don't think so. Another reason why I think that young people are walking from the faith is that young people are not integrated into the life of the overall church when they are younger. And so when they graduate, there's, I don't know if inability is the right word, but this fear about getting involved in the larger scope of the church at large when, you know, on a weekend service. And so we've in a lot of ways bifurcated or siloed out our ministries and we have like children's ministry over here and youth ministry over here. And then we've got young adult ministry over here, but then some young adults are married. So now we have young married ministry over here. And then we've got small group ministry and then we've got senior adult ministry. And what happens when we do that is we actually are not fully integrating young people into the life of the church. So a young person could walk into your church from the time that they're in middle school to the time in their high school and never walk into the sanctuary where adults worship because they're just going off to the youth room. Now, I want to be clear about this. We are not calling at the Fuller Youth Institute, we are not calling for the end of age-appropriate programs or ministries in the church. So instead, what we would say is that we believe in age-appropriate ministries with intergenerational opportunities. And there's a distinction there, right? And so we think there needs to be a place for young people to discuss young people types of things and young people types of issues, maybe without grandma in the room. But at the same time, uh, we're finding that young people who are not involved in intergenerational relationships have an easier time drifting from faith than those who are integrated into the overall life of the church or integrated into intergenerational relationships. So those are a few of the ways that we're finding that young people are walking away from faith that we're kind of trying to address in our research. I want to say before I forget, Fuller Youth Institute, the work that you do, the work that your organization does, 
provides such a gift to the body, and we're we're grateful for it because, you know, turning your research into resources. Some of those resources, you know, I've been very familiar with and connected to, and man, everything you guys do has been amazing. So we're grateful for that. As you look across the landscape, you know, what concerns you about this faith fallout as you look towards the future of the church, Big C? That's a thoughtful question. I think uh, what concerns me, sometimes when we share the 50% number, somebody will come up to me and they'll, they'll say, well, what about how many young people are coming back to faith after they leave? Almost to insinuate, well, if young people come back, then it's no big deal, right? NBD, they're going to come back to faith and it's good. We haven't done longitudinal research on our students that we studied with Sticky Faith and whether or not they return to faith. Some of the best research out there shows that about 50% of the students who leave will come back. But the point is, is that you still have 25% of people who are not coming back. That's the first thing that is concerning about this. So you just have people who are just leaving the faith and drifting altogether. The other thing is, is that of the 25% who have left faith, the ramifications of what have happened when they've left faith are really daunting to think about. And so when a young person leaves faith, a lot of the reason why they leave faith is because they feel like if they've been taught a works-based understanding of the gospel, students tend to uh, not transition their faith as as well as young people who have a grace-based understanding of the gospel. And so when they do something like have a moral failure, uh, and like it's like we say when they have a moral failure, not if they have a moral failure, because young people are going to do things that are dumb, right, or sinful or whatever. If they have a works-based understanding of the gospel, they're going to feel so much shame. We're finding that they often feel like the church isn't the place to address these things and to find healing. And so the the shame and the embarrassment and the guilt that they heap upon themselves, that young people heap upon themselves when they do something and they've left faith and they feel like they can't come back to a safe, a safe community is so detrimental to their identity. It's so detrimental to their belonging. It's so detrimental to their purpose in life. You know, if they get into a pattern of behavior as they leave the church, the ramifications are huge to kind of sort through the healing that might need to take place when they actually come back to the church, right? So I think what's most scary is that these years right after high school are so important to our lives and to who we find ourselves in being. And so much of our research focuses on identity, belonging, and purpose, which I just mentioned, that these are the times to try to figure out identity, belonging, and purpose with Jesus at the center, that when Jesus is not at the center, you find, you create all sorts of false answers to those questions that are really, really hard to repair, even if you do come back to the church. So I think that's what's most scary for me. I wanted to ask more uh, solutions-based questions in regards to students walking away from their faith and leaving the faith in the church. My question is, what effects are these trends of these students leaving the, the church, leaving the faith, have on a typical youth group out there? And that question is basically asking, have you found that youth groups are changing Youth leaders are adjusting and making their youth group different for the student because there's 50% leaving the church? Or do you find that youth groups are just going as status quo and youth leaders are just going, I'm just going to keep doing what I've always been doing and knowing that only half will leave the church and the faith? I love the hopefulness of these questions because one of the things is that we are a really hopeful research organization. And so rather than talking a lot about why all of these things are happening, why people are leaving, we want to talk about how we can help faith retention and faith maturity of young people. I'm excited to talk through this. 
we're finding that churches who are engaging in these resources and in the research that we've done, whether that's Sticky Faith or whether that's Growing Young or some different you know, research that we're doing, it is having a major effect on what's happening with the typical youth group out there. I mean, when you think about the typical youth group, the typical youth group has been centered around this idea of being in a separate room, having a pizza party, playing Xbox and not talking about Jesus. But one of the things that we're finding is that young people desperately want to talk about Jesus. In fact, when we asked young people why they thought that their church was effective with young people, 40% of young people responded by saying that they were challenged by the gospel. And so we're, I think we're finding that young people have more of a capacity than we might think to have a faith that is mature while they're in school, right? Or while they're in college. I mean, so the effect is, is having trends on the typical youth group out there. Here's the other thing. We're finding that these trends are actually changing churches at large as well. One of the things we talk about, it, we, we did a project called Growing Young, where, we, um, where I, I actually think that my boss, Dr. Kara Powell, was on the podcast maybe in the last season, but she talked about Growing Young, and we studied 259 exemplary churches that are engaging young people really well from 15 to 29. And what, one of the things we say with Growing Young is that Growing young is not a youth group problem. It's a church culture problem. So we're actually finding that these trends are changing the church at large and not just that separated ministry silo of youth group, which is really hopeful and good when in the first segment of this, we talked about why young people are leaving the church if they're not connected with the church overall or at large, they you know might have an easier time or easier tendency to drift. The fact that churches at large are saying, what are the systems and structures that we can create to better integrate young people is actually really hopeful. So yes, we think that this is affecting youth groups. We think it's affecting churches. We think it's affecting staff and leadership, senior leadership at churches, not just youth pastors, but senior leaders who are involved in this are making a lot of progress as well. I love what you're saying there about it. it is a bigger picture. I think a lot of times when we're in student ministries, we are dealing with symptoms of other issues. And so that's definitely the case with church culture. So let's talk a little bit about yeah. that for a second. Let's talk about solutions. You know, we're talking to a lot of youth workers out there who are saying, I don't have the keys, so to speak, to change the culture. How can they kind of lead up in their churches to help their leadership understand that it's, it's a broader cultural issue? A few other things we're finding. One is when we asked young people why they loved their church, Three out of four young people, 75% of young people pointed to some sort of leadership, whether that was them being given keys of leadership or whether that was leadership above them or you know senior leadership who invested in young people. Leadership was just mentioned a ton. And so we refer to it as keychain leadership, handing the keys of leadership over to young people. And so we're finding that handing the keys of leadership over to young people matters. We're finding that churches that empathize well with the needs of young people or the struggles of young people, that those churches actually tend to uh, reach and engage young people better. Um, we're again, I mentioned this before about 40% mentioned that they were challenged, but the churches who take Jesus's message seriously are, are churches that it's easier to engage as a young person. Young people want to be challenged by the gospel. They don't want some fluffy understanding of the gospel to be spoken to them. I think young people can sniff that out. And we've said, and we've also had this misnomer that maybe in order to reach young people, we need to fluff the gospel or we need to soften the gospel. And we're actually finding the opposite is true. We want to have a deep, deep gospel. Another thing that was interesting was we asked young people why they were involved in their churches. This is in the Growing Young study. And when we asked young people why they were involved in their churches, 45% of people who are under 29 answered relationships. 
But when we asked those who were 30 and up the same question, half that number pointed towards relationships. And so it's interesting. The older you get, I think the more we think that programs are going to meet our needs, but younger people are desperate for relationships. And so that's a huge deal. Um, churches yeah. that want to be really good neighbors in their community that reflect their their neighborhood or reflect their community are places that young people tend to want to be. Uh, are churches that allow hard questions to be asked uh, are places that I think young people want to be. Because I, I think young people are saying, well, we're having all sorts of hard conversations outside the church. Why can't the church be the place where we can have these conversations? Matt, is there anything else a youth leader youth small group leader should be aware of or be encouraged to do in regards to trying to reverse the trend, trying to help a student having their faith stick long-term? Yeah. One of the things that I've not mentioned yet that has been really important is that we found in our sticky faith study that 70% of our students had significant doubts about faith. And yet less than half of those students felt safe to express those doubts but out of the less than half of those 70% who did express those doubts, the ones who said, I'm going to express these things uh, in a safe community, those students actually transitioned faith better or easier than students who didn't speak about their doubts. And so one of the things that we would say is that it's not doubt that's toxic to faith, it's silence that's toxic to faith. And that God is actually big enough to handle the biggest, hardest questions that we have. And sometimes I think we have this tendency to believe that maybe God gets angry with us when we ask hard questions. Uh, but I mean, we're, we're all educated here with ministry and we've all been in ministry for a long time. I have significant doubts about faith. I mean, I have questions that need to be asked and things that I'm wondering about and wrestling with. And so, you know, I have those things and I get paid to talk to people about Jesus, right? And so doubt is not something that has pushed me away from faith. Doubt is actually something that has encouraged me in my faith because I can ask really hard questions of God and not feel like God is going to shy away from me. So maybe one of the things that would be helpful uh, that I haven't mentioned yet is allowing and encouraging the young people who you are entrusted to to ask hard questions. Like, is, is, your church a, is your church a place that feels safe for young people to ask the hardest questions that they have on their mind because they've got those questions. It's just a matter of where they're going to ask them. Are they going to ask them inside the church or outside the church? And then when they ask, are you afraid that living in the tension of not knowing those answers is going to be detrimental to their faith? Or are you going to say, let's wrestle through that together? So I think sometimes when young people express doubt, we as adults or we as older people, we think to ourselves, okay, I need, just need to give them that answer because I don't want to steer them down the wrong direction. And we give them some really fluffy answer. And I think young people can really sniff through that quick. And so maybe what we should say is something like, I don't know, but let's wrestle through that together. I don't know, but how about we do some study on this? Uh, I don't know, but is a really, really helpful phrase that we think elicits relationship or, you know, it grows relationships. We think it elicits conversation. How we let young people doubt is a really, really big deal. And it's also super scary, right? So I don't want to minimize that. I'm scared to death of my oldest son, seven, who's seven. I'm scared to death of him coming in, in my living room one day when he's older and saying, I don't know if I believe in God anymore. But I think I want to be the kind of person who, and the kind of dad and the kind of leader who allows those questions to be asked and I wrestle through them together. The last thing I'll say about doubt is this. We're actually finding that when young people say certain things like, I don't know if I believe in God anymore, it could be that they actually don't even believe what they're saying, but they're actually looking for two different things. 
One is that we're finding that young people are wanting to see how it feels themselves to say that. Like, how does it even feel for me to say, I don't know if I believe in God. But the second thing is they're wanting to see the reaction of the people in their life who they're closest to. And so doubt might be the kind of thing where they might not even believe what they're saying. They just want to see a reaction. And if it feels like they're going to be squelched, then maybe they'll buckle down and say, I'm going to believe this a little further, um, or I'm going to look into this a little more. I think they're looking for those two things oftentimes. How does it feel? And how are those people going to respond around me? Matthew DePrez, the Fuller Youth Institute. It's amazing to have you with us. Let me ask you this final thing. Where do people go for further resources with you guys with Fuller? Uh, you can go to fulleryouthinstitute.org. It is a mouthful, fulleryouthinstitute.org. Or you can go on our social media channels like Instagram, and it's at Fuller, F-Y-I, F-U-L-L-E-R, and then F-Y-I, the letters. We can hear all the stats about students leaving the faith after high school and still do nothing different in our youth ministry context to try to stem the tide. This is something we cannot continue to ignore and do nothing about. Why are students leaving the faith? Should we be concerned? Should we try to do something different in our youth ministries to see this trend reverse? And so we just want to encourage you as you lead students, as you invest in students, as you pour your passions into students, to not just hear about the stats, not even just to hear the situation that we may find ourselves in, in regards to students walking away from their faith, but to actually implement something into your youth ministry that is going to be effective in allowing the students to stick with their faith once they graduate high school. Good, it's so good to be with you guys. I'm so grateful for both of you. Likewise, Matthew, Thanks, thank man. you so much for your time. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, whose vision is to see new generations transformed in Christ to further the kingdom of God. Learn more at neverthesame.org. Well, we're in the bonus segment again. We're adding a little extra this season, talking about something very exciting coming up called Claim Your Campus 2020. And real quick, Jason, where can they find that information about they that? They can find that information at claimyourcampus2020.com. Just so everyone's clear that this is an event that's happening in the year 2020. It's not about vision of like your eyesight or anything like that. It is about Claim Your Campus. So Claim Your Campus 2020, it, it will be this national gathering of students. It's a unique deal. It's Students and adults are coming representing schools, so it's not like a big youth group thing necessarily. It's a leadership. It's also a, a thing where we want students there representing their school to be able to go back and to share and show Christ's love. So that's the genesis of really what it's about. And if you want to know more of these updates, just check out all of the episodes in the fifth season of Thought Factory. At the end of every episode, we have some updates. So if you've been listening throughout the season, you've received the updates as they come at the end of every episode, but if you are just checking us out for the first time and you're just wondering what this event is about and you want to know more, we are only giving updates, not the entirety. Yep, just little bits Just little pieces. bits. So yep. check out other episodes before this one. Not the whole kit and caboodle. No, just the kit. Well, today let's do the caboodle. And we can do the caboodle. All right, we'll do the caboodle. So the caboodle today is go on Facebook, and we have something called Claim Your Campus Adult Advocate group on there. And adult advocates are really a central part of not just the event, but just in general, being there as someone who is uh, praying for a school. 
We talk about it all the time, and if you know much about what we're about, what part of our ministry here called Claim Your Campus with students praying at school, we believe we have the saying, prayer equals change. Prayer changes things. We want to coach you and help you pray for schools, pray for one particular school that you're thinking about. And so we're looking for advocates. If you're listening to this and you're like, I want to make a difference, I want to make an impact on a school, let us help you do that. And the first thing you can do, it's real simple, go to Facebook, search Claim Your Campus Adult Advocates, you'll find the group. I figure most people that are listening are somewhat interested in students or or youth or passionate about it. So to become an adult advocate is just another avenue for you to express that passion for youth. And so get involved, lead these students in, in a way of prayer. So Claim Your Campus Adult Advocate, look that up and join the group. And we're going to be connecting more with you there on what you can do. Also, the exciting event coming up, Claim Your Campus 2020.